the CIA. They administered LSD to an elephant at the San Diego Zoo called Tusco. The theory is alcohol disrupts what's called memory consolidation. Okay. So the ability to just keep recalling stuff that happens sort of passively as time goes on. Yeah, trying to describe the universe as purely science is like trying to describe Mozart as pressure waves, just in terms of pressure waves and sound. Yeah, you are like, oh, that's, that's interesting. That's you, interesting. What, does it not look good at all? You're saying it doesn't look no, good? No, it looks terrifying. Yeah, okay. You um, look like, I don't know, you look oh, just something. Oh, I don't, well, I who can't do I look put, like? I can't put my finger on it, but you look like um, the fucking old guy from Home Alone. <laughs> my hair is going to go this color as well because I'm ginger. Yeah, it will. It goes, and that's probably the only thing as a ginger benefiting you. Later in life, you do have better hair than everybody who's not ginger. What, because it goes white? Yeah, I mean, grey's fine, but I feel like white, you know, that whole, like... Is uh, that just kind of baller? Who was that guy from um, Cheaper by the Dozen? Cheer I, I don't know, man. The dad in that, he had, like, white hair. Oh, do you, Hot as fuck, do you think dude. he was, like, a bit of a silver fox sort of thing? Yeah, but then again, like, yeah, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> God, I look... <laughs> Look at it. It's actually terrifying. I've actually been stiffed here. You should wear it. You should wear it. But uh, I you... guess I'm the Santa of podcasts. I'm, yeah, yeah, podcast Santa. Podcast Santa, there yeah. There you go. Nah, how, how have you been recently? Are you all right? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm sweet. I'm I'm lovely and <laughs> I actually can't say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, please cut that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bleep it. It's fine. Okay, nice. Uh, I'm lovely and, and then just blank. We, 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 we had a few drinks last night, didn't we? Yeah. We yeah, had a few drinks. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, very festive. Nah, so you've um, you've come up here. Thanks for coming on, mate. No, don't worry. Um, what what do you do? Like, just tell us what, a little bit. What about, do I do? What do you do I, with your life? I, I do I I do bitches. Man. You do bitches, that's, that's okay? Me. I, like all over. Like you know? how how many? Probably um, solid solid one. So, she's okay. all my bitches in one. Okay. You know? So I, she she I, identifies as I, multiple people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I've told her this multiple times. Oh, okay. And, and she agrees with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this is a good time to say welcome everybody to episode twelve of the Ed Squared podcast. We are in Christmas gear. Yeah. And um, we got uh, Joe Mason on today. This is so podcast. This is so podcast. Um, Joe um, will also make subtle digs at the podcast throughout as well. Yeah. So, but we're fine with that and we move yeah. uh but no we've got joe on um he's a guest i've been excited to talk to you about because i'm really well i'm not i wouldn't go as far as to study a degree in it but psychology um and that's something you study right yeah, yeah, yeah. is something i'm very much like just like asking you questions about it's very selfish yeah um, I, I appreciate i that. just love asking questions um so yeah we're gonna <laughs> go into a little bit about that but it's Christmas, man. Yeah, it's it's uh, is it December? Is it second or third? Right now, yeah, the For day the recording. Of recording is this yeah, the we're second. recording this on the third. Wait, yeah, it's the yeah, third the, or the, second. The I second, don't... yeah, the second, yeah. yeah. This is definitely the second of December. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> no, um, but do you think I'm rocking this? I've got like a little Santa it's, hat. It's so skewed. Can I can I fix it? Oh, well, yeah, fix it. What, what needs, is it just a little bit off center? There okay. you go. There okay, you go. okay. Yeah, so uh, for any of the audio listeners, we have, I've got a little Santa hat, but a beard as well. This is the first time, I don't know, I don't know if I could deal with a beard because I'm so warm. Really? This is what people with beards have to like deal with. I don't know if it's that insulating. Maybe it's more insulating. I don't know. Uh, we're, we're, I don't know about your beard growing abilities. Yeah. I started puberty about a year ago. Right. So sure. my ability to grow a beard is not, it's not up there. It's not up there. 
I mean, you got the the height from puberty, but just none of the got, none I, of the hair. Yeah, I got I got some of the height. That's mm. kind of work, but the sort of hair in places where I want it to be, not not a yeah. thing. Like my, if I grow out a beard, it looked like the Somme. It's just a, it's just like this awful patchwork quilt of just nothingness. I mean, yeah, that that's true of me as well. All the hair that I want to grow on my face just never grows, but yeah. everywhere else I'm really hairy, and that is annoying. Yeah, I know. I kind of wish, you know, there's like some sort of like drug which can target hair growth in a certain area. That would be so oh, no, cool. There, there probably is. There probably, there yeah. probably is. I don't know, like, yeah, you see, like, drugs, like, like you know, them fucking, like, slimline pills. Where oh, it's, yeah, like, yeah. Take, take one pill and this will, like, destroy all your weight. <laughs> and it's just, like, and in the in the EU and, like, to an extent the UK, because we've still got sort of, like, the layover of EU laws still here, is it's really difficult to make claims like that so you don't see them as much in the UK. Oh, really? But in the US, like, you can just, ad- like, as long as the drug doesn't kill you, you can say it does whatever you want it to. Oh. And it's so strange. So that's why you see, like, penis enlargement pills in the US. Because you can say, hi, this this, this will make you a fucking, like, tripod. Right. And it just, it clearly doesn't. But you can advertise that in the US. It's so, it's so interesting, you know? Yeah, and we see that with a lot of food as well. So, like, um, ingredients and stuff. I saw, like, I think it was, like, um, one of, the, like, vi- not Vice... Um, but they compare like fast food here compared to America and mm. just the amount of ingredients. Oh my God. And the yeah. amount of um, substituted uh, like flavorings and things like that. Yeah. It's insane. Since like, uh, since like the 1940s when they were just like, there's a lot of people on this planet. We've got to figure out how to feed all of them. There was this such like, um, pro- probably over the past hundred years, but more so in the past like 60 years, like all of the chains to like make food have become like so intertwined. Like how many, I'm just going to have you guess, how many ingredients do you think are in like a mcdonald's hamburger because they're so like all the ingredients are so intertwined yeah there's so many changes that you can't break like trying to change how the food industry makes processed food would be impossible because you've got to target so many chains right so how when you say ing- a chain what do you say like, what do you mean a chain of production so like here's the thing we grow or produce okay to being the oh right the chain of the production meal, the oh, okay. chain of production so how how many ingredients do you think are in like a McDonald's quarter pound? Right, I remember seeing like a video on it that I'm gonna say there's at least like thirty. There's at least thirty ingredients. Two hundred and sixty. What the fuck? Yeah, man. Because and also I think the thing is if we don't like know what something is as well. So mm. a lot of these names will be um, like ridiculously long. Like is it Latin? I don't know. Like some like scientific word. What What do you mean by like a like glucinamine and a tate? Or you know, oh, like, what, like like, like uh, chemical compounds. Chemical. Like oh, the chemical compounds. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because these chemical compounds, and because we don't know what they are, and we we can't like envision what that is. Do you think people are more like, go, oh, it's all right? Do you know what I mean? I I don't know. Like if I, there was shit on the ingredients, people would be like, let's not eat this. Yeah. But you know. I honestly, that's a that's a really good question. I think. I think there's sort of two avenues you can go down and there's two sort of theories, but both of them sort of contradict each other. Okay. But it's all, it's all the chemical compounds, you know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> just all the fucking chemicals. Um, Sound like Alex but, yeah. They made the frogs <laughs> gay. They made the, the fucking frogs gay. But, um, <laughs> I just got spit all over your, yeah. your mic. But, um, yeah, there's sort of, I guess there's two ways you can sort of look at it as there's 
if you see like chemicals, people are going to be turned off because they don't know what it looks like. Mm. And people just see chemical compound and it's like, ooh, scary. That could be cyanide. Yeah. Or like uh, cyanide's also a chemical. This is a chemical. Because mm. the, the average layperson knows like jack shit, you know? Mm, exactly. Or people are so desensitized to just seeing like mm. chemicals and, well, names of stuff they don't know that are just like, yeah like just weird food preservatives and stuff like that or sweeteners or artificial flavor like that sort of stuff that's all that those are mm. and people will just look at that and they're so desensitized to it they're just like yeah i'll just fucking eat it mm. and they see the price and the price is not that much so it's like the cost of living crisis can't afford to eat I yeah the weird stuff yeah it's weird though yeah well in in, ta- in these times especially we're in a cost of living crisis here in the uk i can't really say about the rest of the world maybe you know but um yeah going down to mackey's and getting mcdonald's and getting like a, a one pound fucking cheeseburger that seems so much easier yeah. right now it's not one quid anymore is it is it not, not i think they still not, do 99p I don't, I don't know if it's 99p still oh shit I think I swear I saw oh, maybe it. A like I'm like I have celiac disease, so mm. I'm not going anywhere near a McDonald's. So I <laughs> am not a reliable source. Yeah, on this. yeah. No, I think they still do it, and I think just because the amount they sell, they can they can still like manage to yeah to sell those things. Have you got a Mackey's breakfast on the way? By the way, I haven't got a Mackey's breakfast. Oh, I wish I did, but um, I feel like it's really weird. You know, being with you for the past couple of days, I've been like realizing like. How, what you have to go through with that and oh, just what, like to, different to stuff yeah shit. yeah it's mad yeah. how how is christmas during that time with uh you not being able to eat gluten christmas i don't know like my my mom's really really good at it like um there's so many like products now so that you can make um quite easy you can quite easily make a gluten-free christmas like realistically all you'd need to change are the yorkshire puddings and nah check the pigs in blankets are gluten-free because they're sausages oh, and they're okay, usually like yeah. bulked up with like uh, breadcrumbs and that mm-hmm. sort of thing and then like gluten-free gravy granules or gluten-free flour to make a gravy and that that's all you really need to change whereas i could imagine there are other dietary things that would make it way way harder or you'd have to make a load of a load more substitutions like i can imagine being like vegetarian or vegan mm. christmas looks way more different yeah. than a gluten-free person's mm. christmas would can you have stuffing i love stuffing i have to get gluten-free stuffing does it not because stuffing is, it... is literally just like that is just bread and veg yeah. that is what stuffing is so yeah actually now yeah i have to i have to change stuffing mm. but you can get like gluten-free stuffing fair, mix fair. and that's fine yeah man now nah, i'm looking forward to christmas i but it is quite bad is because i'm going back home and f- first of all i'm seeing my brother i haven't seen him for a while but like the amount my family drink at christmas is probably like if you okay if an average person stumbled across our house you would probably mm. think alcoholics mm. this is probably like mm. me my dad and my brothers yeah, maybe yeah. not my sister mm-hmm. but it is kind of um that's usually how we all approach christmas and it's i, I have fun but at the same time the <laughs> um we all got really drunk last christmas eve and my sister came in and she was like dad weren't you meant to be like we had he had a schedule of cooking you know because like you have to cook so much stuff yeah he wasn't even awake and we all were just like (laughs) she we woke up to her coming in and uh yeah we just had to apologize like it it was bad to all asleep we were all just like kind of waking up it was like half 11 and like you know how christmas is people most people on that shit early oh god yeah my um my mum's on it like I don't know if it's early or late. Like, I think it would be early for me now. And I can imagine 
now that I've grown up, I can imagine her hating it. Right. Like um, when I like you do like if you're a kid mm-hmm. and you're like eight or nine and you're just excited to play with Legos and video games and that sort of thing, you wake your parents up at like half six, seven yeah. on Christmas morning. They must want to fucking shoot you. <laughs> like now that I think about that, like I struggle to get out of bed for nine now. Yeah. Like, like if I've if I've been like say I'm in bed for like eleven or some shit. Like nine is like a oh yeah I've I've chilled for a little bit I've had a brew I can like get up mm. now and that's like such old old man but that's quite a nice time like I I sleep generally from like one till nine mm. that's that's sort of my schedule but I could imagine they just want to like shoot us getting up at half six well and I think well I think they get that payback now because yeah. like my my uh, my sister definitely does that now yeah uh, like I've probably woken her up by playing like a load of video games late at night but now mm. she gets to wake me up but it's only one day a year you think about it we've probably well we have only got probably 60 60 yeah. Christmases left oh now. my god I think oh about god it. that's that's depressing it is it, isn't it? that's yeah I think Christmas is amazing like I'm not uh, like a religious person, but just everything involved in it. I, I love it, man. Yeah. Love it. Oh my God. That's just reminding me of like when, I don't know, when you were a kid, yeah. I don't know if this was just me and my like at heightened addiction to video games. Okay. But I remember I used to, you know, it's like some TVs would have like the little like headphones, like you could oh, plug yeah. in like earbuds and I would try not to wake my parents up when I got like, like the TV downstairs, I'd sneak downstairs, like turn my Xbox on really quietly, plug in my, um, my like little earbuds that I got with like a the shittiest like Android phone I had at that point, like sneak them into the side. I remember being deadly quiet and then you turn down the volume all the way on the TV and it would only bring audio through the earbuds. Oh, right. And I'd be able to like sit and like play video games. Was this on Christmas? Like this is not necessarily on Christmas. Like this would be like a weekend sort of thing where I didn't have to get up for school, like Mm. a Saturday or Sunday morning. Yeah. I don't know why that was so like fun, but I must have done that for like three years straight. Of just th- those were like like Saturday and Sunday. What were mornings. the classics you used to play? God, I was uh, I was big into my Assassin's Creed. I was big oh, into okay. that. What from like yeah. seven or eight? You were well, not from like not from like seven or eight. Like like I think probably about from age like eleven. Yes. Yeah, now I think about it. So like say yeah, te- ten to fourteen, mm. ten to thirteen, yeah. that sort of age. Like Assassin's Creed used to bang. Halo mm. used to bang. Yeah. Um, Battlefield a little bit used to yeah. bang. But yeah, I don't know. Not necessarily much more into video games now. I just don't do like do not have the time. You know, we know the classic um, video games rot your brain. Yeah, every, yeah. Because 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 yeah. I feel like there's very different opinions, and obviously the people. I've come from a background of playing a lot of video games when I'm younger. I want to believe that's not true. Um, and I'm not expecting you to know this. I just wondered if, if you oh, knew no. anything. I'd, I'd say there's like a load of different arguments. And I think all of them would have to be tested. Or maybe they have been and I'm just not aware of it. But there's sort of like, there's the social aspect of the why that opinion is sort of prevalent. Is who do you think is associated with video games, you know? Yeah. Like if you think of the typical video game player, you tip you think of like the typical Genshin Impact player. Mm. You know what I mean? Just some like just just a slob. Yeah. You know? yeah. But then I think there's the argument of well, video games are basically they're really, really engaging. They can be really good for like training problem solving. <laughs> a lot of them would make really, really good sort of like working memory paradigms, if that makes sense. So like you could quite easily, and I was chatting to um, 
my dissertation supervisor because of my research on memory. Oh, yeah. And um, I was chatting to him briefly about, like, the use of video games. And he said, yeah, they're really, really, like, a lot of the time, obviously in, um, not in excess. Like, you okay. wouldn't want to be doing them all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, everything in moderation, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So in moderation, they're really, really, really good at brain training because a lot of them, they're very, very engaging. They're very good, like, problem solving mm-hmm. they're very good for memory yeah. they're very good for figuring out storytelling they're very mm. good for visual arts like there's such an amalgamation of all these different sort of art forms and engineering forms and that sort of stuff that make them pretty beneficial you know right. what i mean yeah but and i'd definitely say way more beneficial in comparison to tv in a lot mm. of instances because yeah. your typical tv show you literally sat sort of like like you could be in a coma mm. and you'd be doing the exact same behavior. It's way less interactive. Who's watching a t- who's watching TV, you know? Mm. So, and I, that's not to say that TV's inherently bad, mm. but I think video games, they, they're not that brain rotty thing that people like inherently that brain rotty thing that people think they are. Mm. I, I think if we did compare it to TV, where we're at now in this kind of binge watch right now, we're in a binge watch era. So mm. we, we've gone away from like classic TV. Um, it is more like you are a less interactive viewer. You are sitting there. I mean, there there are cases like it can be educational. Obviously, it depends what you watch. Like if you're watching documentaries, watching this, kind of kind of more educational. But um, most entertainment nowadays, which is popular, mm-hmm. uh, this is just my opinion. I, I do think probably if you were playing video games, it doesn't like to the outside person look better, but it probably is better for your brain. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, better for your brain. Say if you watched, but I think that's in, like, excess. You'd only really see those effects. Mm. Like, say if you look, say if someone was playing video games, like, eight hours a day. So yeah, quite yeah. a lot of video games. Um, as opposed to someone who watches television eight hours a day. Mm. I would hedge my bets that the person who played video games would have a more healthy brain. Yeah, yeah. But I also wouldn't. Unless they're so, playing like Roblox or some, yeah. yeah. If they're like um, yeah, twenty five and playing I think Roblox, it would depend on the video game. I think the video game would have to be sort of challenging. Mm, I guess like yeah. you were, you couldn't just sit around like playing fucking like Roller Coaster Tycoon yeah. like for for three years straight and expect your brain to be good. That's not that's exactly mm. not what I'm saying. I think you would have to. They'd have to be challenging to you, and they'd have to stay challenging, mm. which would sort of mean every single time you play a video game, it gets harder. Yeah. It's like when you go to the gym, like you don't, I know I'm not exactly like the archetype of big gym lad. Mate, I had to uh, make the doors wider to when you came. I was yeah, like, yeah, when my, I heard you were my, coming my through. My lats, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're just like, I'm just way too big. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But those sort of, you, you go to the gym and you lift heavier and heavier each time, but the workout stays relatively similar in intensity from the first time you went to the last time you go okay or well not the last time you go but to the time you're still going because you get stronger your brain gets better you lift heavier weight the challenges are harder the brain puzzles are a bit yeah so i think i think there's an element of that that should probably be applied to video games a bit more but i don't know it's very it's such a moot point when it comes down to it you know what i mean yeah yeah and uh, once again like it's a new point because we they've only been around for like 25 well probably long, a bit longer I than that 20, i'd say maybe 40 years yeah like, well, like, like my dad had pong yeah in the, yeah in I the forget. 70s okay you know like I mean? the, the video yeah the video games well i was just talking when i grew up but yeah they've been around for a while um so 
that I was going to move on to memory, not really memory, but um, when you were on about uh, video games, it reminded me of chess. And um, I heard that um, there's actually a limitation um, or, or a downfall of, of chess grandmasters when they get older. Mm-hmm. Right. So when they reach the age of 40, apparently they, they, they just get worse. And that, that is objectively what happens. And mm-hmm. maybe, and I just wondered, is that down to like memory? Is that something to do with our brain? Well, memory starts to decline at age 25. Right. Roughly. So we've got five more years of this good stuff. Oh, mine's already downhill. And then, yeah. yeah and then, then it's, it's quite downhill. But so I think chess grandmasters, like they would be, using like they were pushing the limits of their memory you know and i think every chess player beforehand they're all pushing the limits of sort of human i guess working memory so the ability to sort of move stuff in space that would be what's called sort of visuospatial working memory yeah so the ability to sort of move stuff in space and imagine moving it in space so you'd be moving the chess pieces around the board Mm. and predicting like okay what like that sort of stuff there's a lot going on there's a lot flying about in your head and you'll only have the ability to do that for so long Mm. and i think at 40 that's when you start to see like proper limits of your memory and you'll you can accurately measure a bit more of what's falling off there are people who's who have memory drop-offs that are really really rapid you see people who have amnesia and that sort of stuff um people can acquire that from all sorts of places people have um People can get it from booze, like you were mentioning booze earlier when oh, it yeah. came to um, uh, like your dad falling asleep with um, uh, at Christmas. He probably couldn't remember much beforehand because alcohol disrupts. The theory is alcohol disrupts what's called memory consolidation. Okay. So the ability to just keep recalling stuff that happens sort of passively as time goes on. Right. And memory consolidation can be disrupted by doing other stuff or by not enough neurotransmitter firing about in your brain or the wrong neurotransmitter being pushed to fire about in your brain which is why people can get memory problems on all sorts of drugs that are psychoactive so from marijuana to like pcp coke anything like Mm -hmm. that or even less subtle ones or more legal ones like antidepressants people get memory problems people can get memory problems from booze Mm -hmm. just punching your mic and um and that sort of stuff but people can get really bad memory problems from things like booze like uh there's a patient called um in the book the man who mistook his wife for a hat there's a guy called jimmy g and he was a sailor in the 1940s he was in the army well not in the army in the navy uh in 1945 and he was in the navy from then until 1963 when i've forgotten why he had to leave but i think he was pushed out for whatever reason and then he became an alcoholic and just started drinking and drinking and drinking and got so tolerant to alcohol that this is why people get memory problems from alcohol is they get so tolerant to the feeling of being drunk that they have to drink such an insane amount to feel drunk but that amount of alcohol in their bodies also does the bad shit to them that's why winehouse and that's what happens to um divers when it comes to amy wine why maybe it was all no 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 no. you can't you can't (laughs) diss the queen of camden bro no no i'm just saying that it's relevant well it's just appropriate that anae had wine and she did what happened to her like Uh, yeah well she died from alcohol poisoning 
<laughs> right. And I'm yeah. not dissing. I'm just saying that yeah. maybe some people should have maybe seen that coming. Maybe. She's she got... did write a song about not wanting to go to rehab, to be fair. But oh, to be yeah. fair, she was um like she was just bullied by the music industry to not go. Like she she's such a tragic case, man. Like um No, I do and I when you say I'm Amy Winehouse now you said that song, I recognise like yeah. yeah. And she also loved gingers. Well, she had a good lyric in there. I miss yeah. your ginger hair. And well that's that's still... a that was a cover. Oh, was it? Was that not that your was name? A co- that was a cover of a song by the the Zootons. Oh, fair. Maybe. Yeah. Well, fucker. No, nothing. No, God. <laughs> no, poor, no. Poor Amy. no, no. But um, um, but yeah, the um, like the amount of tolerance to alcohol that right. this guy Jimmy had built up, it like really, really, it got to one day in 1963 when he consumed so much alcohol that his mam- mammillary bodies, which are sort of at the top of your brainstem. And they're used for recalling memory. They just got destroyed. Like the alcohol literally just rotted them um, in his brain. And there's a lot of symptoms of that. There's and a what lot does of, that a lot part of, of your brain do? Well, they're, they're used for recollection of memory. The only reason why we think they're used for recollection of memory is because when people don't have them, they can't recall shit. Right. Um, so that's called like a, a lesion study. So you take healthy person who has all of their brain you take someone who doesn't have a part of their brain see what the control can do that the yeah. other person can't and then you can infer that okay that part of the brain right. yeah but um yeah so he had his mammillary bodies they were just completely destroyed and that resulted in something called Korsakoff syndrome nowadays you wouldn't necessarily use the word like Korsakoff. you'd um you'd be more in line to say sort of retrograde or anterograde amnesia which are the two sort of aspects and retrograde amnesia seeing if i can remember the right way around retrograde is when you revert back to a time when you you can't uh you can remember or you revert back and think that you're way younger than you are you see this in a lot of alzheimer's patients they have really bad retrograde amnesia you know the stereotypical thing of they think they're like 30 mm-hmm. and they're like who are you sort of thing like yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. 30 i'm i live here i don't live like they they think they live at a previous address that's retrograde amnesia mm-hmm. um whereas anterograde is the inability to form new memories oh, Ante- anterior meaning the front you know okay so um yeah so that would be the inability to form new memories jimmy had really bad anterograde and retrograde amnesia which is why it's sort of called Korsakoff syndrome mm. but his was really really bad he thought that he was like he couldn't remember anything for more than 30 seconds the neurologist who examined him was having like a chat with him left the room for a minute and then walked back in and then Jimmy was like turned to him and was like oh hi doc what's up like just as yeah. if the conversation had started again and um he was a bit like okay this is strange sort of thing yeah. like imagine being the neurologist there you'd be like I'd be, I don't know. I'd, I'd be shit scared. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think it's the saddest is when you know that person yeah. and it's a loved one. I think that's when it's when I think when you've seen them when mm. their brain is working. Yeah. And now you see the same person. And let's be honest, in some cases, they don't seem like the same person. Yeah. And you'd see glimpses of that person. Yeah. What, what is going inside someone's brain when so someone's got dementia and then there's glimpses of them coming back, but then it goes. Oh, that'd be very very difficult to say because i think there'd be so many different causes mm. like for jimmy for example there were there were abilities for him to recall some stuff yeah and but it was kind of different like he the way the neurologist described it or describes it in the book is the jimmy was completely devoid of all sensical memory all logic all that all facts all 
st recollections of episodic and semantic memory, all stuff happening. Um, so episodic meaning being able to record epi recall episodes of stuff, so like events. Okay. And semantic meaning facts. Okay. You know? So like um, a good example would be semantic, uh, the Eiffel Tower is in Paris, um, episodic remembering the time you went to the yeah. Eiffel Tower, you know. So um, he had the complete inability to recall those. He could recall a little bit of some stuff. Because he left the Navy in 1963, but he only drank himself into Korsakoff syndrome in 1972, I think. Right. So it took him a bit of time to sort of, well, lose all of that stuff. But it reverted him back mm. to being 19 in 1945. I think he thought he was 19 or 20. Like wow. really, really, so like our age. Yeah. So there's no happy ending to well, this. Well, there is and there isn't. There was a... The neurologist was chatting with the nurses at one point. The neurologist called Oliver Sachs, um, and uh, Sachs was chatting with one of the nurses and asked one of the nurses, do you think Jimmy has a soul? You know? Yeah. It's like there's so much lost from him. There's nothing present about him. Do you think he has a soul? So, yeah, he's lost his episodic and semantic, but that's only declarative memory. There's a lot of other stuff that goes underlying that he's still got. Right. Um. And what are some of the things the, he could well, remember? Well, one of the things that some people that he could do is Jimmy was a devout Catholic. Um, so he practiced like he did mass. So the nurse said to him when Sachs asked the nurse, does he have a soul? Um, the nurse said, just watch him in the hospital chapel. Next time he goes this Sunday, just watch him. So he could stay in the present he couldn't stay in the present moment in some of these paradigms in the doctor's office in these sort of tests for more than 20 30 seconds for mass he could hold himself for 10 minutes he could do all of mass and he wouldn't repeat himself he wouldn't fuck up he would just keep doing it he could take communion he could take christ on his tongue he could kneel he could pray he could do it all in a routine and he wouldn't do it again he could stay present in the emotional aspect of right. his life he could stay present in christ and in religion because that's a very emotional aspect and is that another part of our brain yeah that's not affected by the mammillary bodies that much that's right. not present or not so he's able to compensate for not remembering how to do mass with the feeling of how to do it wow if that makes sense because that aspect of his brain of his body mm. That's not been lost from yeah. the damage he did to his brain to cause Korsakoff's. He was still present, you know. Is, so, is can we ever lose that? Like, or or will we? Or so it will be quite nice if you do say yes to this, because then we can always still be like human. You know that emotional side of us will show mm. a show of being human. So, are you saying that we do have the ability to lose that? And is that when someone becomes like, you know, just brain dead? If you get what I mean. I don't know what parts of the brain is responsible for that emotional response i could honestly I, i'm trying to think i'm guessing probably the limbic system hypothalamus um hippocampus that sort of those those underlying the core brain yeah like if you were to look at a brain and the parts that are right in the dead center that right. sort of yeah um it's uh, some people call it the reptilian brain oh, right. that stuff that isn't part of the neocortex you know the big pink wrinkly bit yeah and then you've got the dangly bit underneath yeah it's called the um, cerebellum 
and then you've got the mid brain, I guess you yeah. call it. The, is um, it pretty mid or like? It's kind of mid. Oh, it's, okay. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's kind of mid, but those are the parts where if there is damage to there, you will see the most fuck up to a human. Right. Because there's so much that goes on there. That's the mm. the oldest. That's the part of the brain, I guess. That's the bit wow. that's shared with the most species, mm. you know, would be the hippocampus would be the hypothalamus would be those limbic areas yeah. that are right in the center of the brain that i guess that would be where emotional responses would go through and i think if you lose those you don't just lose emotion it's not like you you can just cut one part of someone's brain out it's like all right no more emotion for you Good, yeah. goodbye mm -hmm. like um you would lose emotion but you probably also lose almost all of memory mm -hmm. you would just like there, there would be so much stuff that would fuck up usually it would be memory um mm. or yeah yeah that's probably the best one i could say mm. you usually it would be memory if you're fucking up with the the limbic system mm. and then i guess you might lose emotion but you wouldn't really be able to tell mm. like yeah you can watch someone in in mass but there's no like and as a catholic practice mass but you couldn't really test it and get a definitive this bit does emotion because yeah. i think there's so much intertwined and the, the brain is so complicated and i think it sort of goes back to and this is one thing that i've i'm tempted to push for is it was sort of a it was a great quote by einstein and it's a great sort of point in a book i'm reading right now called zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance it's the idea of looking at stuff completely scientifically or completely as cause and effect completely trying to use that method has its problems yeah it's the best tool we've got now but it still misses stuff right and i think the idea of a sort of romantic way of looking at things i guess is what um that's what um what's it called i'm trying to remember zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance talks about and okay. as well as Einstein, he talks about the idea of science is not going to explain everything. Right. Um, his quote is, trying to describe um, the universe purely with science, and I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah, trying to describe the universe as purely science is like trying to describe Mozart as pressure waves, just in terms of pressure waves and sound. Yeah. It's like, you, yeah, you get the picture but mm. you don't really know what's going on yeah and i think that's the problem with just trying to look at the brain as a series of circuits that mm. result in stuff like yeah you'll get so far but i think there's just something that you'll miss mm. and is that something that maybe has made you interested in studying psychology like in the first case or like what made you want to study psychology was it anything to do with that i like writing and okay. that was the writiest subject that i did okay. like i did biology chemistry and psychology at um a level mm. i really enjoyed the content of biology but i didn't like the format i didn't like the way oh, it was okay. necessarily studied at um at university and i sort of saw that psychology maybe held more options oh, okay as well like if i want to go into biology later i could yeah. probably give that a go with um psychology i could mm -hmm. just do some neuroscience and then study neuroscience yeah and that would be my biology satisfied mm. um if i wanted to study um literature mm -hmm. i could probably get away with it if i want to 
just do writing or qualitative stuff um i can get away with it so that's sort of why psychology appealed to me it was mm. very righty and if i wanted to change later i probably could I think we've we've discovered the human brain, and I've definitely learned a little bit more, mate. Um, what if we kind of moved on to some? Uh, when I, I watch a lot of um, like nature documentaries and things mm-hmm. like that, and I'm always fascinated by like behavior of animals. Okay, yeah, and uh, yeah, like and how they've been studied. To me. Yeah, well, well, that's why. Well, do, <laughs> I'll be walking down the street. I'll see a caterpillar, and it's doing that. Why is it? Why is the caterpillar shagging a leaf? No, yeah, no, yeah, no. That, you don't. That's an example. You're just like looking at nature, and it's like you, you know what? You go caterpillar. Well, you go caterpillar, and also, I want you to kind of maybe put put the few of the dots together okay. for me. Okay. Well, sort of like the for for. Well, I doubt a caterpillar would probably shag a leaf. Right. Might, yeah. Might it's do. probably trying to eat. Might the do. Leaf. You never know. It's that's basically like like in the like for a human that'd be like shagging like a melon or something. Um, no, like, I there are I know probably, I know as well. Yeah, we, we both know the same human. Well, yeah, that did that. we so don't count it out. You know, yeah, the maybe. caterpillar could have been trying to have it on. Yeah, but yeah. Um, well, let's let's um go into but this. Yeah, there's uh there's some weird animal experiments that have happened throughout the years. Yeah. If that sort of what are the uh, most like fascinating or most interesting? The most ones? famous one would be Pavlov's dogs. Okay, I feel like you've heard of this. Uh, got tell me about it. Really? Okay. Um. Pavlov in 1927, I think it was, he was a Russian dude and he sort of had, he was, he was just studying animals for whatever reason, but he clocked that whenever, when it was feeding time, the, um, sort of his assistant would be wearing really, really big, heavy shoes and they'd be walking down the concrete corridor and it would make like some really loud sort of stomping noises. And she would clock that whenever the dogs would do this, she'd be carrying a bucket of like chum Mm. for them to eat after days of doing that after weeks of doing that the dogs would start to know just from the sound of that and they'd start barking just when they heard that because they think that food was coming so he was like hmm wonder if i can do this in other ways so he took some of the dogs and he wanted to see if he could trigger saliva being generated because they'd start dribbling whenever food was near um just from like sounds right so what he'd do is he'd pair stimulate like showing the dogs food presenting food mm. to the dogs with another noise he started off with a metronome right so um you know what a metronome is? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah sort of like the do, do, do. Yeah, yeah yeah one of them and um he would pair a metronome he would start a metronome playing and then he would open a curtain in front of the dog and then there would be food all right and then the dog would eat the food while listening to the metronome and then the metronome mm-hmm. stopped uh, but so he trained the dogs for days of doing that and then it got to the point where he could just play a metronome in front of the dogs and then they start dribbling right and he had to do like an operation on them beforehand because he wanted to measure like accurately the amount of dribbling right so he literally did an operation on them to like attach a vial to the right. side of the dog's mouths so Pavlov, pavlov's dogs were just like a bunch of just random dogs in petrograd with right. um well not petrograd leningrad at that time with um sort of a uh a, a just test tube on the side whereabouts in the world is that if this is this in russia russia okay. in, in the 20s and um so this is com- communist russia in the 20s and this is uh leningrad i think it would be called leningrad then it's called petrograd now um city in the north of 
uh, Russia. Okay. And um, in World War Two, so a few years later, Pavlov kept doing experiments with dogs until like the 30s. Mm. And um, there was a siege in Leningrad and um, everyone ran out of food, so the dogs got eaten. <laughs> <laughs> the so, so, so the anyone, experiment didn't happen? So, yeah, no, so if anyone wonders what happens to Pavlov, what happened to Pavlov's dogs, they got eaten. Oh, but yeah. that, was, that was called classical conditioning. And mm. I'm sure you can maybe have instances of that having happened in your life. Like yeah. that happens in humans as well. Well, the, the scene it reminded me of is um, in the US office. Um, he, he, I think he makes a click with his um, pen. Mm. or he do, It's basically the same thing, but he does it on Dwight. Yeah, and he it's conditions so, Dwight. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that's, that's Pavlovian conditioning or called yeah. classical conditioning. Exactly. It's so funny. But yeah, that made me think of that. Um, is there any way, do we see any of that in modern day? where we see like us using that for good. I, I think you see it all of the, all the time like mm. all the time like i think you hear your text noise yeah and or you feel your phone vibrate and you're conditioned to grab it like yeah. that sort of stuff i wouldn't know if that's like a classical condition because it's sort of like pairing stimuli together mm. is classical conditioning but you might um you might be able to take say there's one person who you associate with messaging you on a certain um app and each app gives their own notification like me and my girlfriend we normally like we've still since we met we only seem to talk through instagram dms okay don't know why we've just not been bothered to change i think you use instagram dms a lot though i do do, that might be you yeah so that might that might be no to be fair i use text way more like you and or or snapchat like Mm -hmm. you and cassandra the only people who i dm right. like way more okay but, i feel special um, now that it's just me and yeah like, it goes your girlfriend then me yeah, i feel yeah. quite you're, special you're, to be there. you're at least number two man yeah you're, you're definitely there but like say i'm i now have sort of i've clocked that whenever i hear the instagram dm noise yeah. it immediately makes me think of her yeah so and that's <laughs> like i don't know there's something quite cool about that cool, you know yeah. like uh, I associate this noise with her and it's like, mm. oh my God, I can then talk to her. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, I think it's quite cool in that regard. Mm. But the, the instance that it makes me think of, when it, like the second I learned about Pavlov's dogs in like A-level, I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what it makes me think of is we would do long drives because like my extended family, they live pretty far away in uh, in Kent. Right. And like on a really, really long drive down there, just after the service stations um sometimes mum would buy us a bag of sweets or something and this kept happening like so often that whenever or like on just car journeys in general that whenever i'd hear like the rustle of a packet it immediately made me go like yeah like because i'd be sat behind her and it made me go yeah yeah. (laughs) so you you just immediately sort of like mm. jump to attention i'm sure like anyone can think Mm. of sort of pavlovian instances mm. you know in so life. so it's so it's the thing we don't know is how ha- well most people like don't think well, when in that moment we don't know it's happening but these things happen more than we think yeah or way more like there's so much stuff that we found on animals that is so interesting mm. and just like um you know like the idea of social facilitation mm. or degradate deg- degradation um and this, this I, I was honestly like reading the paper, I was crying laughing because it's so stupid, all the stuff that happens in it. But um, what's like one of the stupid things that's in this? This guy, basically, social facilitation is the idea that the more people that are around us while we're doing something, we get mm. better at it, you know? Uh, right. And the more people who are around us 
but this sort of goes two ways. The more people that are around us at something we're good at and well-practiced at, we get way better at it. Mm. Some people, people who are around us at something we're bad at, we get way worse at it. Right. Um, that wow, sort that's of social facilitation and degradation. You see that in humans, but you see social facilitation in like other um, animals as well. Okay. You see it in cockroaches. And this is the paper that I was like, for, like giggling to myself at while I was reading it. Um, some guy built like a sprinting stadium. I've forgotten the name of the guy. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you it if you want to like flash it on screen there or something. Okay. But, um, or like the name of the, the study. But um, he built like a racetrack for cockroaches, like a like an Olympic stadium, a mini one with stands and shit. Sure, and sure. if the stands, and he'd measure the amount of time it took from the cockroach to run from one end to like, I think a f- bit of like food at the other end. So these cockroaches would be sprinting towards it. He'd like put like open up like a gate, like yeah. at the Grand National, yeah. and be cockroaches going through. Yeah. And um, <laughs> there's just loads of people betting on this. <laughs> like betting on cockroach <laughs> racing. Give me give, that oh, sounds okay, like funny. yeah. I'd like. I'd an, want to bet more on cockroach an racing. An underground though. cockroach racing. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. But yeah. So whenever the cockroaches um, were racing on their own. Mm. Uh, they raced a certain amount of time. I've forgotten what the average time was. But if they're like cockroach stadiums were full of cockroach yeah. spectators, then uh, they'd race faster. Shit. They'd, they'd maybe, go way, way faster. Maybe there's just a couple like, so there was one of them, like a couple of his side pieces were there. So he yeah. was just like, oh, I've got to, got to try he out see, Yeah, he sees his, his, like, um, his bitches in the crowd. And he's exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, I got I've it. Got, got it's it. like, that just makes me think of, you know, the two, um, the cars in, in cars. Yeah, you yeah. Know, the two like Beatles or some uh, shit. Oh, wait, Sal, wait, the Beatles? No, uh, you know, the two that are his fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Red ones. We yeah. love you, Lightning. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then they flash him. Yeah, 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 classic. That's, yeah, that's that's just what that makes me think of. But I think it's I don't know it's uh it's just there's funny stuff that's gone on throughout the years. My favorite study ever, though, uh, it just has to take the cake. Was a guy called James Pennebeck. No, uh, no, no, it wasn't him. That's a different study. Um, in the nineteen fifties, I think it was nineteen sixties when the cia were obsessed with lsd okay they uh when you say obsessed like they, didn't they, do they it were obs- they were obsessed with administering <laughs> lsd to people in quite illegal studies like there was one instance where it was a cia funded lab where they would just take people who thought they were insane and then just give them insane amounts of lsd not for their own will yeah like there was one pregnant woman who was like taken into um this God. this facility and then given loads and loads of LSD to try and cure like her morning sickness or something. Why like, would you like, test or, they, or they'd say it was for like curing morning sickness and it was just like because the CIA wanted to know if LSD could brainwash people. That was it. Oh, they wanted to see if the, uh, LSD could had brainwashing potential mm. and um, what they could do with that. So that's CIA for you. God, but um, are you giving in? I'm giving in. I'm gonna, Continue the story, but for any of the well. audio listeners, yeah. Y- it is very hot in that, and I've just taken it off. God, I'm not a fan of that. But, <laughs> it was uh, kind of, yeah. So, yeah, let me just, yeah, I'm my hell of shit anyway. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's some of the stuff that happened with LSD. But one sort of suspectedly um, CIA-funded project, I don't know if it was. Like, it's not officially, like, yes, this was definitely funded by the CIA. But considering it was an LSD study in the 50s, and the money came from somewhere undisclosed, it was the CIA. Right. And, um 
they administered LSD to an elephant at the San Diego Zoo called Tusco. Okay. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to see if um, LSD could administer something. I think it's called musk. Must. Must. I think I'll call it must. I don't know the exact pronunciation. If I say musk, it just makes me sound like. Was this a type of acid? A a, um, a lisp. No, LSD is just acid is acid. It's oh, just okay. LSD. But um, it shows how many drugs we do. Yeah, but, um, yeah. God, we are avid drug doers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Avid, avid drug drug men. Yeah. But um, musk is basically elephant, male elephants go through pretty much all of puberty. Like they do all of their hormonal development as 14 year olds in about two months like we we think of puberty we go through it over quite a few years yeah they do it all in about two months their eyes turn orange like they look like sith lords <laughs> and they start secreting this weird black goo from their face okay and they become insanely aggressive and insanely horny okay it's about a 14 year old elephant and it will just like if you go near an elephant during musk like you just die like you will die. Yeah. But sure. um, how yeah, big? Are, so, how big are elephants at that age? You say fourteen. They're not. I don't know if they're fully grown. I think they're definitely mostly grown. Oh really? You know I mean? Like they're not small elephants. You God. Know? Yeah, but, you would be. Um, but yeah, so someone, what they wanted to do is they wanted to see if LSD had the ability to trigger musk in pe- in elephants. Right. Because then that might mean it has the ability to sort of trigger different states in people. You know. Mm. But they wanted to make sure, because elephants, they're bigger than humans. So they wanted to make sure that they um, they would do it. So they didn't want to use too little LSD, because mm. you definitely want to use too little LSD. No, you can never have enough. Ne- never have enough, yeah. No, there can't, there can't be too much. For a human to have a trip for about 6 to 12 hours, you need about 25 micrograms. Right. Not that much LSD. <laughs> very, very, very small. That's like one... One thousandth of a paracetamol tablet's oh, worth of LSD. Okay, that's how that's how strong of a chemical it is. But they gave Tusco two hundred and sixty milligrams, which is about the size of a paracetamol tablet. Elephants don't weigh that proportionally yeah. much more mm. than they don't weigh um, twenty thousand times more. Mm. You know, like than a human but we gave tusco that much more lsd and um yeah so they inject um they administered it via a tranquilizer dart so like a dart just basically with that dose of lsd in it and um yeah it um it sent him into a frenzy he started running around just like breaking shit they thought he was gonna die um, so they tried injecting a barbiturate into him, which is a really, really sort of like, like punchy, really, really visceral anti-anxiety medication. And that sent him to sleep. But that also caused his, uh, the lining of his lungs to expand the same way an asthma attack would. Right. And it killed him. God. <laughs> it so... killed the poor elephant. So we don't know if he would have survived yeah, without no, like, that. I, it's likely that, to be fair, that he would have survived his trip. Right. Like, he would have been, he might have been okay. Yeah. Might have. Just, just let the homie ride it out, you know? Just like, let, let, he would have, he would let have, him ride it out. He would have been on a different plane of existence for a solid, like, month, I reckon. Like, that <laughs> wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But he would have, yeah, he would have probably tripped for like a month. Mm. But um, 
or, or probably quite a while at least. Right. Um, yeah. God. So this this poor elephant just got like like fully fucked over, mm. but they thought that it was the acid that killed him, but it turned out it was the barbiturate that they injected oh, afterwards God. to try and calm him down that like fucked him over. But um, yeah, it just really really cracked me up, you know, like this this poor elephant, and that's what the CIA used to do in like the fifties and probably till like the seventies at least. They were just um. That should probably be eighties. Let's be realistic. The CIA, they'll do whatever the fuck they want. Like, um, I don't know if you've seen the film Sicario before. No, no. Brilliant. Oh, it's such a good film, man. Okay. It's such a good film. But um, it's about the CIA um achieving Sicario, which is the idea that one drug cartel should control below Mexico because then it's easier for America to manage. Yeah. So they literally, it's the, it's about the CIA working with the Colombian cartel to destroy the Mexican cartel, but they get these two like normal, like feds involved because the CIA can't operate under, I think it's a law that the CIA can't operate on national soil on foreign soil without like some due jurisdiction or some some bad thing to make the narrative yeah, so, so they they um they fuck over these two police officers to sort of like sign and say yeah we did everything by the book even though the cia do not do everything by the book in this mm. film but it just sort of like points out how fucked of a um establishment the cia are mm. and like just for me saying that and that going on the internet i will probably have you I might not probably, be here next I week. will be found dead under suspicious suicide circumstances. Yeah. And the handwriting on my death note will not be in death note. Suicide note mm. will not be my own. Yeah. You know maybe, what I mean? Maybe like get, um, well, we, we know now, guys, if we goes missing, we'll, we'll be looking out for you. But yeah. if the FBI want you dead, you're already dead. Yeah. Really? Am I okay? To, sorry, I just really yeah. want to crack, open. crack it open. I want to really crack it open, like right next to the microphone. Just see how. <laughs> crack well, it open. Welcome to. Go on, ASMR. get a little, get a little a- 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 Yeah, that's what I kind of want to go. Do. On, yeah, sure. Go, on, go just ahead, like, man. Dip. Make this your. You make know, this year. I'm fully like going for it. You know yeah, what I mean? you might get an ASMR career after this. Yeah. I might. Yo, I really want to see Joe's ASMR again, you know? Hmm. How are you, I you, wonder you how like that this? was. You like this stuff? We're drinking know, grape yeah. and apple natural energy. With ginseng. Oh my you god. You know we're on about like the ingredients this before. This is such a Tory drink. Hang on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ingredients got? before. This is like an apple and uh, grape energy yeah. drink. It looks okay, but it probably isn't yeah. good for One us. One of my favorites is when something just says natural flavorings as yeah. like an ingredient in the How list. can they do that? Like, like that could mean anything. You know that like um when people say like like coca-cola has natural flavorings on it that's how they get away with saying caffeine's in this oh. like they just put like caffeine like they have to say including caffeine because mm. caffeine is just natural flavor. so i reckon it's just caffeine um so, so we've talked a bit about um well a lot of how the brain works for us homo sapiens humans and we've also talked a bit about animals i maybe want to go um into maybe sometimes some stories you've recently had because it would just be a really funny contrast we've been talking about you know some some very interesting stuff oh how i've been stupid yeah so yeah. someone who knows a lot about the brain but has maybe not mm. too been too, too brain smart recently because <laughs> uh yeah because i am yeah i am at university so um 
Oh God, I sound so like so like wanky saying like yes, I'm at yes, university. No, I'm at uni. I get pissed and it goes poorly. Like that's what happens, you know. Mm. I feel like I've like tried speaking like really really formal so far. Right. Just like oh yes, and I I go to university and I I, yeah. I speak with big words and clear. Like no, I'm a, I'm a wanker. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, there's sort of two <laughs> that spring to mind. Um. I'll tell. I'll go in like order because I don't know if you were there for this night. I don't think it I was. was. It was in Manchester. It's when I first came up, and we did the room crawl the first yeah. night in Ollie's flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really fun, and you were there for that. But the next night we went to it was my first ever flat party. Okay, first ever one, and it was. Um, uh, actually, I don't know if you were there this. Uh, if it was that night, it might have been. Might have been after. Can't remember, but um, yeah, I. Yeah, so I was I was consuming a violent amount of dark rum. This is why I don't drink dark rum anymore. You know, people have like nights where they're like, "Oh, that's ruined that drink for yeah. me." Yeah, this is the only one of them I can really. And point it's stuck, to. and yeah. it's stuck now. You still, I don't still drink it. like when I tried Ollie's drink last night. Yeah, to sort of check whether it was like dark rum or the one that I had because they looked pretty similar. I tried Ollie's. It was dark rum, and it just made me go a little bit. Mm. It just made me wince because I can just taste. I can only taste that night now, mm. but basically, like it brings you back. Yeah, basically, what happens? I consumed a violent amount of dark rum at this house pie, and I th- well, this flat pie in um in Maple Court. So what a what a halls that yeah. is, you know? Yeah. Um, it is literally a prison, and I'm not I'm not shitting on anyone who who lived there, but it, it is a it's a fucking prison. Yeah. Um, it honestly like it's like a uni accommodation. I right? visited Auschwitz in 2019. <laughs> I'd rather have lived in one of them huts. I'm not yeah. even yeah. Maybe but, a bit hyperbolic, but yeah. Yeah. It but, but, you get the point. Yeah. yeah. But um. I'll have uh, preface it with yes, that was hyperbole. <laughs> I wouldn't actually have rather lived in Auschwitz. Well, we don't know, man. Yeah, we, but we've only been listening to you for but, an hour or so. Yeah, so. but um, I was really like, um, I was, I was, I was pretty drunk. Mm. I was pretty drunk, but I was like, I can ride this out. I yeah, can be okay. I just need some water. I just need some water. Mm. So I grabbed a glass from the cupboard in this party. Don't know how I managed to do that. Like first cupboard I opened, I was like. Glass just a random house as well i just started filling it i filled it up with tap water had one of them i was like stood next to the sink the sink was full of washing up and i was like just just like trying like edge the glass underneath it but can just i got like um probably three glasses of water in me put it down on the side and i was like okay i'm fine i'll just go go back to whatever and i think i went to the toilet came back um just started drinking my water and because my mouth was so numb Mm. like from the alcohol i couldn't really taste much of a difference yeah yeah um but I could tell that something was different. Oh, really? I was like, this tastes a little bit, you know, like Diet Coke and Coke. There's like a oh, little, yeah, yeah. little, little yeah. difference. Um, yeah, but I start. I was just like, oh, it's water. It's fine. It's just, mm-hmm. just my numb mouth. And I like, I, I swung it back, got the, to get the just like final bit of water out. And yeah. something hit my lip. I was like, what the fuck's this? <laughs> and I like put it down. And there was three cigarette butts in the end of the glass. Oh, I'd just been drinking like ash oh, God. for like the past like few minutes. And I, I just looked at myself and I was like, gonna be was sick. it just too dark of a place? You just didn't see? Yeah, well, it was dark. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't <laughs> expecting my water to have been spiked with tobacco. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I, I inhaled that and I was like, <laughs> yeah, gonna be sick. Gonna be sick. 
and I um. Do you think it was more the thought that you did that, or the I actual? I think it was both, like drinking yeah. ash, like dr- like you know, like people have chewing tobacco and yeah. they swallow it. That makes them sick. So like, I, I don't know if it was something like it was just not. Yeah, no, that's not fun. Like <laughs> drinking ash. So I went to um went to the toilet, threw up in that. Yeah. Um, thought I was fine. I was like, yeah, I'm sorted. I'm I'm easy me, and uh, yeah. So I went to the toilet. Sick there. Yeah. Um. Then I was like, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. When walked out the bathroom, Ollie Ollie was there, and he was like, Joe, have you been sick? And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, and then he said, Joe, you're gonna be sick again. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I literally, I somebody was in the toilet by that point. I was like, they they queued up and they they gone in after me, and I was like, fuck. So I ran down outside to just be sick outside. I was sick on the floor, and then I was like. Oh, I can't just be throwing up on the floor in my head. And mm. there was a big, like, huge industrial bin next to me. So I just put, pulled that up, started throwing up in that. Like, I've, I must have thrown up about six or seven times. Started throwing up in that. And I was like, okay, I'm fine. And then I just sort of, like, got really dozy and sort of, like, put my head on the... um. So, yeah, just got my head on the like rim of the bin yeah. and it's like a really big turned out it was a recycling bin oh, so okay. i've just thrown up on a load of like broken yeah, glass the bin men aren't gonna be happy yeah they, they probably weren't um and then the bin lid sort of fell down onto the back of my head mm-hmm. and i i was sick again oh. and uh and then ollie took me took me to bed bless him oh, okay. and this was at half 11 oh, that's just i just gone really i just gone way too hard at pre's <laughs> and i just i just grinned it you just didn't pace yeah, it you there's a couple it. of other instances as well there was a one in funny enough our hometown beverly okay in a fire pit yeah yeah me me ollie his girlfriend millie and isaac got really 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 drunk on one of ollie's pub pub golfs okay we did the final three drinks in the space of about 20 minutes right not a good idea i can't remember anything from fire pit i can hardly remember anything so so i've literally got amnesia of that night not even kidding um so yeah completely lost that you know mm. and um i all i remember is everything going black waking up a little bit on the toilet seat in fire pit don't know how i got to the toilet i just woke up on the toilet seat to ollie like poking me um because i'd been sick in the toilet i'd somehow made it to the toilet thrown up and then just fallen asleep on the rim yeah but you don't um, remember being sick i don't remember being so you sick. like spawned i in just a remember human. sort of like spawning in being like what the <laughs> fuck is going on here um god Ollie poking me on the shoulder, he sort of grabbed me and like took me out. I was like walking like Jack Sparrow. I was like fucking like going for it. Nick, Ollie's dad, sort of like puts me in his car. He drives me, me and Ollie back to mine. Ollie Mm. was really pissed. He was sick later. Uh. Um, And like my mum sort of like grabs me, sort of like takes me to bed. Apparently I got like second wind and just started telling like a load of jokes. Like I was was Peter Kay or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, You just start like doing an open set to your parents. Apparently, yeah, I just started doing this really shit open set. Yeah. Um, Did you start off with like, what's the deal with aeroplane food? I feel like I think I literally, (laughs) I kid you not. I think I looked, that was it. I I kid you not. I looked my mum dead in the eye at one point. I remember this now. And uh, and literally just said, "What's the deal with airline food?" And then just started laughing. <laughs> I feel like that's where my brain goes as yeah. well. If, if I had to knock out a joke, yeah, I'd, but I'd um, that. but turned out, yeah, my phone had fallen out of my pocket while mm. I was throwing up uh, oh, okay. in in fire pit. Oh. So my mum, bless her, drove back to fire pit and was like. 
do you have that really drunk guy's phone? And he was like, apparently the guy was like, yeah. Oh, go. yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so that was, in, that was in Fire Pit in Beverly. Mm. Uh, what about you? What's your like sort of drunk, my, drunk mishap? So the last time I've actually been sick was um, on my 18th. And that sounds mad because... Whoa. Rec- yeah, it, the, the last time I was sick was on my 18th. And um, it was my birthday party. Um, we had a house party. And we were all getting drinks. My family were like, handing around drinks at my house. Um, I was drinking all the way through the night. I was like, what the fuck? I'm so much more drunk than everybody. So I keep drinking and I'm like, what the fuck? Everyone else seems like they were drunk, but I was like, yeah. the, like even Ollie. Yeah. Really? Okay. Maybe he was an, uh, Mate, uh, he wasn't. No, uh, yeah. I keep drinking and then, um, well, I carry on. I was sick in the bath. Well, I was in like the toilet for half an hour. I was sick mm-hmm. and I wake up and it turns out my brother was pouring triples and quadruples to me, for me, (laughs) and then for everyone else, they were just pouring normal drinks, which, nice one, but I was literally, (laughs) I don't, it was, it was a good night, but yeah, um, I think it takes a lot for me to be, like, sick, I think that's because I know my limits, Yeah. but um, yeah, that's probably the last time I've been, like, fully sick, and it was, it was just mental. with the new woman from Colorado they gone by tomorrow who am I kidding all this jealousy and agony I'm the jealous boy I really feel like John Lennon I just wanted real love I just wanted real love when I was a teenager you know I would say like during my sixth form and stuff I was like a um, like a sad but not a sad well i think i had a couple bad experiences with girls and i yeah. was just like not yeah i think i was just kind of i'm not gonna be able to find anyone i'm oh I'm sad, boy, sad boy eddie hours yeah I, I would say and i would well i still do listen to the same music yeah it's, probably, the, it's, it's the same there's literally there's there's a, a juice world poster above his bed there yeah there's a juice there was something juice world around that i think it's the same <laughs> image yes, the same yes. cover of goodbye and good riddance <laughs> yes it's, um, yeah. it's so, like th- in three different places in this room it's so surreal i feel yeah. like it's like a juice world fucking uh, like shrine in the corner I, I, like I in an alternate reality i could be into country and yeah. stuff but, but um yeah but you know that's it yeah but so yeah I... they're um no you go you yeah go, no i was just you. gonna introduce it say like how were you with that like what was your experience i think so, so basically from like 14 to like maybe 18 maybe even a bit of 19 probably, probably like 20 really like, like until probably like three months ago i was pretty hopeless um but um yeah, it's so it's really really interesting uh, when you think about sort of how you were in a romantic, I guess a romantic situation like when you were seventeen. Mm. Like I was a dumbass. I was a dumbass. There there are, are viewers and you who can testify how dumb I was and how to oh, I don't know. You just act like a fucking idiot because for me I was just so unnervingly nervous for stuff to happen or to not happen like i you just overthink it as a teenager i think mm. and it's all it's one of the worst things you can do because take for instance sex it becomes something that you just think about like all the time and it just sort 
it guides everything you're you're thinking about and mm. it takes over your head and for me that was just like not particularly beneficial because yeah. you see like your mates start to have sex like ollie's got yeah. a girlfriend and started having sex and it was kind of and i just felt like oh, i'm still i'm still still virgin little me and it, yeah. it felt kind of bad but there was a couple of and i wish i'd read these earlier funny enough studies is where i seem to find a lot of my um solidarity or a lot of my um consolidation um i can sort of get consoled by studies sometimes because they they tell they give you results to make you go oh that it's easy then you know yeah or oh i just do this um sort of figuring out how to be human from science you know <laughs> instead and of just not, being human you have to read being human you have like, to I've read got, the manual i've got to read and figure it out maybe that's a, a discussion in itself that could last a good few hours <laughs> and would probably need a licensed therapist in the room to do it properly but um yeah like there was a two studies uh one by a guy called james pennebaker and the follow-up study to this um by another guy whose name i can't remember i think his name was was clark maybe russell clark maybe i can't remember his name might be clark but um and the follow-up study for this really gave me cons consolidation but pennebaker was um there's a country song funny enough that you mentioned country called um do all the girls get prettier at closing time or don't the girls get prettier at closing time and Pennebaker thought, oh, do they? Do they actually? like? What do you mean by closing time? Like closing time of the bar. Oh, like as, the, I see. as the bar gets close to closing time, the girls start to look prettier. And he found out that they do. He went into three different bars and uh, he did this a few times with re like uh, his undergrads. And they go in and ask sort of like lonely patrons as to um, who is the most attractive, sort of like around. And. Um, he found like a really, really significant and fairly powerful effect, um, effect size as he went in at 10 o'clock, half 11, and then 12, I think, or one, because bars for some reason close like really early in the US. Like they don't close at like four here. <laughs> um, so I think that was really close to closing time. I think, yeah, I think it was nine, half 10 and half 11 maybe. But um, as it got close to closing time, the ratings went up for people. The only reason why some people would not rate that highly um would be say if they already had a partner yeah they would rate people lower and just rate them the same maybe throughout the night um or if you were asking for example a straight man to rate another straight man this is in the 70s so right. people would be way less inclined mm -hmm. to say oh he's yeah. he's more attractive that sort of thing but um the follow-up study so yeah so girls do get prettier at closing time so mm. that's one thing one effect was shown but one thing i wish i'd known as a teenager was the follow-up to this which was done by i think his name was russell clark i can't fully remember but he um he showed that um he was showing the study pennebaker's study to a group of his undergrads and he made this sort of like off quip comment um that oh yeah girl um guys are the only ones that really need to worry about like pickup lines and that sort of thing because girls can just snap their fingers and guys come running and a lot of his female students sort of like detested that and they were like oh, no i don't think it i don't think it works that way and um what he did so he had his like he took some of his female students who were pretty attractive and some of his male students who were also pretty like physically attractive this is in 79 i think and um he had them go out to random people on campus and literally go up to them and say 
hi, my dorm's free tonight. Do you want to shag me? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. literally, do you want to come yeah. back to my dorm? And if it was in America, tonight? though, probably not say shag, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that was literally what, yeah, and yeah. But that, <laughs> that is literally what they would go up to people and say. And the girls who got asked by the guys, 100% of them say no. Mm. So a guy's going up to a girl on a university campus saying, you want mm. some? Yeah. He would say, no, yeah. nothing. Um, whereas girls who were asking the guys, just mm. random guys on campus, 75% said, yeah. Girl they've met, they've seen, they've yeah. only seen that she exists for about 15 seconds. Mm. And I think what she said when she came over is she'd say, hi, I've seen you around campus a bit um, recently and I think you're really hot. Do you want to come back to mine tonight? Um, 75% would say yes. And the ones that would say no, they'd always give excuses like, oh, sorry, I have a girlfriend. Sorry, I'm married. Sorry, mm. I, I'm out. I'm busy. Like that sort of stuff. They'd mm. always apologize. Like it's Whereas something the you girls need to apologize would, The girls would always be like, get away, weirdo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously sort of that's not going to work when picking up someone is saying, hi, shag me yeah but um as it a does gu- work as, on a, guys. as a guy that would not work as a girl that works yeah but um all works a bit more um but again that's in the 70s so times might have changed mm, a fair yeah. bit so th- there's a time difference and a culture difference it's the states in here mm. so i wouldn't don't obviously take everything with a pinch of salt you know yeah but um there's the now bit- just gonna be girls out there that go yeah. what the fuck i can yeah, just ask yeah. her but um but the bit that gave me sort of consolidation was if they changed the statement from hi do you want to shag me tonight would be hi do you want to go for a drink later mm. or for a drink tonight it was 50 50 split for men and women both men and women would 50 percent would say yes and 50 percent would say no wow so less more guys would be more willing to shag someone yeah than go on a date that just shows how shallow guys yeah. can be there's a 25 percent discrepancy there so how shallow can guys be if all they want is just a shag you yeah. know and there's the tw- so uh less of less likely to go for a drink but more likely to go for immediate sex yeah that just shows how like weird guys are but it's also con- the this is sort of where it was consolidating for me or uh well consoling for me not consolidating um was the fact that I didn't have to deep asking someone out. 50% of the time, they're going to say yes, you know, yeah. like ba- just based on that study's results, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, again, that's take, take yeah. a pinch of salt. But 50% of the time they say yes. So if you're were wondering whether you should ask her out, do it. Like mm. 50% chance she says yes. Yeah. It's a coin flip, you know, there's, there's, that's way better odds than I'm sure that you're thinking of right now. So, um, just just ask them out, and they'll say yes, whether you're a guy or a girl. And there's a fifty percent chance, and I'm sure they they like you back. Yeah, and and I think as well, you've got other stuff going on in your life as well, like that. If you if you're thinking, do I need to ask her out or not ask her out? Like like you that that I didn't know that statistic. That is insane. Um, fifty fifty, and and that would I hope give some guys or girls confidence in in approaching people. Yeah, I know because. But, um... Yeah. yeah well no i and i i did I, I think i knew that when i was in my like teen years like i know all they can say is no but it's that especially in colleges and that yeah it's that group environment of embarrassment when other people know you have been rejected yeah right yeah so and that comes i know that's that's going off on a tangent from what we initially said but i think that can play in teenagers mind their whole like how people perceive me 
and mm-hmm. it, it that sometimes people put that above finding out if the person i love loves me back yeah i know or whether whether they yeah they whether they like you back you know it's yeah it's just weird you know what mm. i mean like human beings we're so we're just so strange mm. we're just so weird and we do oh we just do weird shit all the time we sort of skirt around the point out of fear of mm. fucking it up i think that's yeah. the thing that teenagers do the most and we're very english in the fact that we say sorry for everything so we're yeah, constantly doubting yeah. ourselves so yeah we're definitely <laughs> coming yeah. from experience um mate like would you say that has helped you now like with how you approach like of course you've got a girlfriend i think, I think the reason i kid you not i thought of that statistic just before i asked i asked her out I thought 50% chance says yes, yeah. 50% chance says no. And we got on the night we met. So I was mm. like, fuck it, that makes sense. Yeah. So it was um, it, it was pretty fun in that aspect of like, yeah, I can give it a go. Mm. And I asked out a few people beforehand and got rejected. I think a couple of people like in like the months beforehand, once I'd read that statistic, I sort of grew some balls and was able to ask out a couple of people. And even if they said no, I was like, that's the, literally the worst that could happen. Mm. They literally just said yeah. no. And I was like, I'm chill with it. Mm. And then I met her and she said yes. And now we're together and it's brilliant. So yeah. that statistic worked for me. If it works for you, go for it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Wow. I, I think we very inspirational, mate. You know, yeah, you, you I, probably told people... that one guy, one girl, and there probably is someone who has now asked and who has got rejected and they will be going, mate, you told me the wrong thing there, but... 50 50 is not bad maybe it's yeah. worth the worth the chance worth mm. the chance for sure um so yeah i mean i think it's fascinating i really want to have you on again mate to maybe d- delve deeper into that whole thing of man woman yeah Would, you know yeah because <laughs> that's because that's appropriate if it's two two of the the two two straight white men yeah we can discuss we know everything about how relationships yeah. work as straight white men we know absolutely everything definitely trust us and yeah. nobody else yeah no uh, well i think with studies and stuff you involve studies we can go off that but yeah we we're still we don't know in five years we might be in a completely different situation and i think i was in the car with you um on the uber to the pub oh, last yeah. night and i was just telling you about my life and he was like Eddie, I'm also like the same age as you. I don't know the answers to this. Yeah. So, yeah. but I think that's one of the reasons I like this podcast is um, I'll kind of like get to see myself grow up. Yeah, this could be way. like a, a little time capsule. Yeah, for, and that Ed squared. Exactly. So, um, it, it, definitely with whatever we've talked about today, take it with a grain of salt. Um, I feel like this is one of the main episodes where I do have to preface that because, of course. We're, we're we're definitely more the um educational episode. yeah we're, we're, an, we're an educating we're i'm definitely now. yeah well whenever this guy's on i i just want to ask you questions mate and and learn about the brain because i use it every day there so you go. yeah yeah no it's a, do you think there is any benefit of what we have talked about today and like knowing why we do things as humans and uh, how it can benefit us in our lives oh no 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 so uh, your degree is completely pointless completely no uh there, there is a benefit in knowing obviously how you behave i don't know in the sense of what we've talked about today because we've talked a little bit about like like knowing that cockroaches race each other better when they're viewed it's kind of like yeah it sort of lets you know like say that could be applied to like a musician going on stage like say like your housemate's musician mm-hmm. um he it might be useful for him to know that 
oh yeah, I haven't practiced this that much. I might be a little bit worse at it. I should probably rehearse a bit more and get good at it. So I get mm. really, really good at it when I'm on stage. Maybe that's something to bear in mind. Mm. And you and cool if you found that out from cockroaches, but find it out your own way. You mm. know, I think that's probably the best thing that I've figured out is whatever way works for you is the best way to learn or to figure out who you are. This is, uh, but I know it sounds like so wanky saying that. Yeah, I'm 20. I know jack shit. Yeah, I'm. I I don't know myself that mm. well. I think no other people know me before I know myself mm. when I meet them. So, again, I've it's it's pointless me saying, oh, here's how you find yourself if if uh, whatever that even means, you know, mm. like there's not. I'm trying to think of a good way of wording it. If you give me a second, yeah, sure, man, go ahead. Figure it out yourself. Yeah, that's probably the best thing I I could say is if other people tell you this is how you should figure yourself out. Don't stop listening to them because maybe it's useful to hear some of the stuff they're saying. Like that could apply to me. That could mm -hmm. apply to me. Oh, I, that's resonated with me. I'll take a little bit of that, but don't just have Andrew Tate tell you exactly. This is how you should live your life. If you are depressed, pick up heavy object and put it down. Yeah. Testosterone, take ashwagandha and, yeah. and stimulants and make me feel good. That make me not depressed. Mm. Unga bunga. Like, like, no, that might not work for you. You might, yeah. be a, you might be a dude and that might not work for you. Mm. You might be a girl, that might not work for you. Probably doesn't work for yeah. you. Like, I think it, figure it, it out yourself, you mm, know? And I think a lot of those gurus and those people talking like that is very much targeted to people who may maybe need to hear that because they're not in the best place right now and hearing obvious things you know things that maybe the average person knows i'm not saying that those people don't know that but some people that resonates with them but i get what you mean you can definitely in this age where you're on social media that can be where most people are getting their knowledge from yeah, I think, and you can just follow that yeah my fear is that like i think a lot of people get led astray like they hear one tiny little bit from uh somebody on the internet who and it resonates with them and they're like oh that's sick and then they just take every single word that they say as gospel mm. and even when they say some stupid shit because everybody says stupid shit they will take that as gospel yeah. as well like people backtrack on statements all the time or change their opinions all the time because they've had the chance to think about it more but i don't agree with the it, it just just really rubs me the wrong way when people try selling those opinions to people mm. as gospel yeah. it doesn't it just it, it sounds so weird it's like i'm selling you my opinions mm. and you will like it mm. and that's what that's what andrew tate does with his fucking hustlers university it's what and as much as some of some of the time he says good stuff some of the time he says bad stuff jordan peterson does that with his courses and he releases like uh, he, he just i swear Jordan Peterson goes through a thesaurus, looks at his old book, translates it with a thesaurus, and then sells it again as some new course, as some new something else. Right. And it just makes me go like, ah, you know, it's like, yeah, I get it. These are people who need to hear obvious stuff. Mm. But just say the obvious thing once, concisely and clearly, and then move on, you know? some people are idiots though you know yeah true uh, you get uh, and there's a market for it and money's involved 
um yeah man it's kind of i think having you on has kind of made me um not self-aware but just maybe like think more about how i think Mm. and um no it's definitely been really fun having you on mate is there anything before we uh finish up that you want to like plug or anything you want to make the people aware of um i'd like to thank my family yeah and you've made it to the big stage my girlfriend and um my loved ones and ed squared Mm -hmm. and just just everybody they've been brilliant yeah um i have peaked i am on the ed squared podcast doesn't get better than this i feel so ed squared right now i am i'm so definitely hungover that's definitely the the feeling i have right now um and my eyes are probably really really dark beautiful right now. they are beautiful so thanks I thanks like man them. thanks man um um yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. that's it i just feel good. really ed squared and i'd like the world to know it that's cool man um now thank you very much for coming on mate um this has been eddie dodds and joe mason um episode 12 um we are available on spotify um instagram tiktok uh youtube youtube clips are being put out uh once or twice a week so check them out all the links will be in the description if you're watching this on youtube but yeah um i'm trying to be as consistent with this and um let me guys know your feedback like what you want me to do anything (laughs) you want to change but yeah thank you very much for coming on mate you fucked it up at the end did i yeah how let me guys know your feedback oh fuck well yeah. <laughs> let me know how to ha. speak ha, 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 ha. I, I was going smooth that I was, yeah that was yeah good. that was probably the best i, was I, in, oh, yeah. I shouldn't have said anything and had you just like crying during in the post, editing yeah. yeah no um thank you guys for listening and we'll uh, see you guys next week bye